but we were in San Francisco and I looked over and he was doing the same thing. And he is not into the woo, okay? Like at all. And I looked over and I was like, I've won. (laughs) You're doing, and then then of course, because I'm crazy, I was like, I received a message from the tree. Did you? And he was like, no. (laughs) Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. co-host of the Finding Your Shine podcast. My co-host, Liz, she lives um, in Akron, Ohio. She couldn't make it tonight. She's been doing a ton of traveling and wasn't feeling well. So I'm going to be co-hosting with my girl, Rachel, over here today. But I also am a women's hormone and anxiety coach. So I help women get to the root of their hormone imbalances and anxiety through holistic health. So I do that as well as uh, co-host the podcast. And we've been in the game for, it'll be three years in October. So we're really excited and we have a big uh, women in wellness event coming up in September. So for any of you guys, there's a flyer out on the Beauty Boost event table. I just like stole her table. Um, But we do, it's a women's empowerment event uh, where you learn how to share your voice. If you grow a brand or if you are interested in learning how to start a podcast or start a blog or an Instagram, um, we're bringing in some of the top wellness uh, podcasters from across the country and it's going to be right here in Columbus. So you can find more information. There's a flyer on the table. But let's get started with the podcast. And for those of you that are listening from your earphones, right? Earphones, is that a word? Earbuds, whatever. (laughs) Earbuds right now, we are at the Wonder Jam and we are doing a empowerment event here with some amazing panelists. And the focus of today is just to really encourage everybody to find what helps them feel empowered and get some inspiration from you guys and your own stories and your own journeys. So I thought before we dive into questions, if you each could introduce yourself and a little bit about you for our listeners on the podcast and for our our live audience here. Hi guys, I'm Mick. I'm obsessed with 2000s email music. You guys are with me. (laughs) I help women achieve confidence in exercise in their bodies and around food because, of course, you guys are on social media. You see all these Instagram models, and as soon as you see them, it's hard to feel confident about yourself. I've been there I've been there before as well. And I do this through my social medias. I drew a retreat with my best friend there, Gabby, and I also have online programs. My name's Allie. Uh, I co-own the Wonder Jam with my husband, which is the building that we're in right now. (laughs) Um, I grew up as an artist and then I transitioned into doing photography and design for small businesses in like, gosh, 2012 now. So I've owned my own business for seven years. Is that math right? Yeah. And we just work with small businesses specifically. So people who are owning their own business, starting something on their own. um, And it's really fun. Good evening, everyone. My name is Noni Banks. I'm the president and CEO of the Diva Movement. We are a supportive community for women entrepreneurs. We specialize in helping women in years one through three who are working a full-time job and running a business I've been there. I know what it's like. So we provide the support tools and resources to help women grow as they are growing their business. Hi, I'm Melissa Blackburn. I'm the co-creator of Haven Collective, a co-working space in Upper Arlington. My co-founder, beautiful Danielle Lim, is out in the audience. We focus on helping those who have a side hustle, work from home for another company, or even have their own business, have a space where they can feel productive and welcomed. Really, we cure isolation in a number of ways. Most notably, we have on-site childcare, so working parents can bring their children and we can help take care of that aspect of their lives while they focus on getting their business up and running. Hello, my name is Nellie Corvo. I know a lot of you here tonight. And I am a wife and a mom, and I just love to do things scared. 
<laughs> so I trick myself into doing things before I'm ready. A lot of people ask me all the time, how do you do what you do? And that's my secret. I, I do it scared every single day. I think a lot of you guys probably were even scared coming here. Like, should I go? Should I not go? And there's so much good that can come from that. So I started a nonprofit when I was 16, had no idea what I was doing, scaled it to $3 million and passed it on to the next leader and now sit on the board. And so I could be with my daughter and have since then grown two businesses that I love so much and coaching other female entrepreneurs to scale their business without sacrificing themselves because I have been there where I'm pulled over on the side of the road from not taking care of myself, working 80 hours a week, no good nutrition, not sleeping. So I really want to empower other women to know that you can have both. You can grow a business, be a mom if you want to be a mom. You can be a great wife, be a great friend, and do it all. Preach, yeah. You can have it all. That's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. So, and shameless plug, I have a women's conference soon after your event, so I'm going to sign up for yours. Uh, Just figuring out how to get that next part of your life that you really want to take off. So it is in November, and I hope you all you all come. It is the Real Women Conference, November 2nd. So It's like the fall of empowerment event. <laughs> we need it. We need as many we as we do. can get. And in Columbus. Like, yes. what a great place for Bring it, it to be. Bring it here. Yeah. I'm Kat Rumley. I am the co-owner of Lux and Lemons. My business partner, Megan, is probably having a baby right now. She's not here. But we make fun, healthy meals, cook them, deliver them to your house. Um, we saw a lot of, like, box deliveries where you still had to cook, and there was this, like— element of like, I don't have time to cook. So we're like, well, let's fix that problem. And I started this in September out of my kitchen of my house for friends. And here we are seven, eight months later, and we've done like tens of thousands of meals. And I like it emotional. It's just crazy. But you know, you, you got to just like fight through fear mm-hmm. and you can be a mom and do it. You can, I worked a full-time job and did it and worked 80 hours a week for a long time. So yeah. Cool. Well, let's start here because empowerment really feels different for every single person. And each of you have a very unique story to what brought you to the line of work you're doing. So, and this is a free for all. So if you want to say something, just feel, just chime in. Um, But what does empowerment mean to you? And anyone can start. I'll start. So uh, for instance, yesterday I posted a picture on Instagram, scared afraid. And it was a picture of my razor burn that we all get or chafing during the summer. And those are things that are not portrayed on social media because you don't want to show that part of you. You feel like it's gross, but in reality, it's so normal. Same thing with cellulite, same things with belly rolls, back rolls, arm fat, like it's all normal and feeling empowered, owning all of your flaws is empowerment to me mm-hmm. and everybody else. I'll say, I actually just told whoever I was walking with home yesterday, I was like, I have the most chafing I've ever experienced in my entire <laughs> life. And it was yesterday. And I was at the pool with a friend. It's, you know, you got to shave and all that stuff. You got it's pool time. And I remember sitting there and I started to second guess, like myself, I was looking at all the other women and I was thinking, do they have chafing? Or like, I was almost like examining. And I was like, it's crazy that summer hits and all of a sudden you think you're working on your body image and it all comes flooding back. But I love that you're putting it out there because we need to see that. We need to see that other people are like, this is normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll go. So empowerment means to me really being courageous. And when I think about being courageous, I think about being vulnerable. So when you're the weakest is almost when you're the bravest, like when you expose yourself. And for me, when I started the diva movement, I had just come from making a lot of money with another business and I found myself homeless. And I thought like right when I was sleeping on my sister's couch and here I am watching this business telling these women to like, go for it, you can do it. Like, and I was thinking like, how in the world can I empower mm-hmm. someone else if I'm not, I didn't have the courage to empower myself. So really it starts with you being vulnerable, really looking at yourself, being honest, because then when you can lift yourself, you can lift others. You can't, and you can't fill anyone up from an empty vessel. So and really what all these women, you know, and I know starting a business can be very draining, but if you don't have that courage to kind of just do it afraid, and it's tough, but you have to have that strength to just build yourself up and then you can pour into others and kind of build other people mm-hmm. up too, so. 
So sometimes I find it's really difficult to like, okay, you have to empower yourself first. But when you're really down low in the trenches, it's almost like you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have any advice for that? Because I know, for example, I have so many things going on that I'm almost like, I don't have the strength to empower myself. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you use or do that helps you? I I can just go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it just takes getting over myself a little bit. Just yanking myself out of it by offering to help someone else. Mm-hmm. I feel if I use my time of service for someone else, mm-hmm. it is never a loss. Yeah. It is always a way to step away from what is pulling me down. And frankly, it helps me feel empowered because I use yeah. what I'm good at to help someone else succeed. You remind yourself like, ooh, I do have this strength in me. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's always better to be kind and to give. And when you're in that funk, you know, that's just kind of the most gracious way to give back. Mm. to what you're good at. Yeah, I love that. I also want to add, I think it's really important when you are struggling in that moment um, to ask yourself, what is the kindest thing that you can do for yourself in that moment? I think we always forget to be kind to ourselves, Mm -hmm. especially when we're mothers, we're daughters, and we have everything. We have so many things going around us, going on around us every single day, and we forget to be kind to ourselves. So that could mean laying on the floor. That could mean laying on the floor and eating takeout. That could be working out. That could be doing whatever your heart feels it needs to do in that moment. Mm Baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. I We feel like, oh, I'm at this level. So in order for me to feel better, I have to do like this crazy thing. But it's like the smallest thing starts to build the confidence mm-hmm. and then it snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really easy to shut down. Mm-hmm. I think what I see with a lot of people is when things aren't going great or you don't feel so hot or whatever it is, we go in shutdown mode yeah. when really if we just got the courage and spoke up and just told one person or told everyone like, hey, I'm in a funk or I need support or this isn't going well. As humans, we truly genuinely want to support other people. And I think we can all win. There's enough success for everyone. And a part of that, most of that is being happy. Like everything else yields happiness. And so I think when we can really attack it head on and a lot of people in the room that are some of my clients, I say this all the time, but with every breakdown comes a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And if we know that, then we can just keep fighting for that breakthrough Mm -hmm. and it'll happen. Yeah. But also a big part of that is when you're, you're kind of feeling stuck, the community, the people Mm -hmm. you surround yourself with. Oh yeah. And each of us has like a community that we provide a place of support in a place where women can grow and feel comfortable. Everyone has a different community. So whoever, you know, you know, so it's different, but mm-hmm. find your people, find your tribe, whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. and just, you know, plant yourself there because when people are feeling down, I mean, or whatever, you just want to vibe off someone. You know, Melissa and I were just doing that. Like, we got to get together. You know, <laughs> I so just did that too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I we did. just booked our North Star date. Took, we said, we're going to drink wine and cry. <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> um, but you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think, too, to piggyback on what you said, like when you're down in the trenches, if it's surrounded around like maybe a job you dislike and you want to start your own business to kind of remove emotion because it's really easy. Like I, I did not like my job. I knew that I worked in real estate, commercial real estate. Um, and I knew I didn't want to work in that and I knew what I wanted to do, but I was so afraid to step over into the other lane. So I think removing the emotion and doing like backwards goal setting where you like have your big goal, right? And then you just start breaking it down. Like, well, to get where I am in this place where I own this meal delivery service, I need to have this and this and this, and then make a list that you can literally take each step and just Mm -hmm. cross it off until you get there because that's what it's all about, right? It's just steps that you can cross off. For me, the biggest like breakthrough was hiring a life coach. I hired a life coach. Her name is Kim White. She's amazing. And we just wrote down the steps and I just crossed them off. And I was like, that's all I have to do? Like, what? Why was I doing that myself? So sometimes it just takes someone saying like, yeah, so what are the steps? Okay, now this week, just focus on two. Don't think about like, I got to do 100 things, you know? So yeah, yeah, just taking baby steps, but you you can 100% get there, you know? Didn't you like make your website in a weekend? I made my website in a week. That's what I thought. I made my website in a week. I probably didn't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Your passion was just like 
you're like, this is what I got to do. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Going on about Rachel, were you going to ask a question? Because you know me. I'll just keep dominating the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liz, Liz, my co-host, knows me now. So I'll see her and I see that she starts to breathe. She'll be like, so I'm like, okay, I need to step back, not ask another question. Um, I want to touch on community a little bit more because I'm sure everybody can relate to when you are around somebody, you can feel whether they have positive or negative energy. And I was a teacher for seven years. I actually just quit last May. So this is my first full year coaching and running business and all of that. When you're around people that are negative, you don't even realize that you take on their energy and also that you Uh, can give away your own power. And that's something I say to my clients a lot. You're giving them your power by letting their energy affect you. So I was wondering if you could just touch on that a little bit and community and how you've learned to kind of work through that. uh, So growing up, my mom always, I remember being in like, gosh, third grade, this person, this girl called me a jerk or I called her a jerk. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) We had to go into the hallway, which I'm like, that was so innocent. Like, come on, jerk, whatever. (laughs) And I went home and my mom was like, you know, uh, she was like, the teacher says that you're friends with her. And like, you were in a fight. Like, are you friends? And I was like, I don't know. Like, she says that I'm her friend. And I remember my mom being like, you choose your friends. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't let them choose you, which you can also let a friend choose you because if we're all empowered to choose our friends, it will go back and forth. But it really taught me to think about, I I don't have to passively become someone's friend. Mm-hmm. Like I can be very active in that and choosing to distance myself from people that I feel like are negative or like I don't, you know, I don't feel good when I'm around Which them. Which is so really hard. That was empowering for me. Mm-hmm. That was me being like, oh, I I am strong and I can like change this narrative that was surrounding me this Mm -hmm. whole time. So making those decisions myself and sometimes telling someone why that's not healthy for you, but also you don't really owe it all the time if you're not truly in a friendship. So that's been really huge. That's been, I think, very empowering and Props to my mom. Yeah, I was going to say, did you like learn this lesson and carry it through your adult life? Or are you just now registering it? No, I think I knew in my whole life, but I started activating that in my 30s and- Mm -hmm. So I actually sent a thank you note to my mom recently. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, for me, it's about boundaries. So we have over 300 members. So that can be, you know, it can be overwhelming at times. But I remember when I learned about that energy and I just was out here just talking to everyone, just hugging everyone. And I remember we had this event and I left and it was, I mean, we had like a vision board thing, nothing like I wasn't running a marathon and I left and all I could do for like the, like after the event for like three hours was lay on the couch. And I felt like, and I felt like everything was just take it, like sucked out of me. And so that's what I realized. I'm like, I, there, there are healthy boundaries. When you have a business, sometimes people want you to be all things to them. Mm-hmm. and fill voids that you're not meant to fill. And you can't feel guilty about that. Yeah. Like here, this is my position in your life. If you decide to put me at a different level, then that's inappropriate. I'm not going to own that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be okay with it. Now, I'm a, a recovering people pleaser. So that was very hard. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. So that was hard. But boundaries, like you cannot come in my circle. Yeah. <laughs> For your kids, your hub, everybody. <laughs> That's, I don't know how much more I can add to that, Noni, but, you know, Danielle and I are in a unique position because we have chosen consciously to be at the front desk of our co-working space. <laughs> yeah. No, but we really wanted to know at the core, like our community and everything about them and their needs and really understand our user experience in the first 12 to 18 months. And, you know, frankly, that can be a little draining, mm-hmm. you know, so we've put together a schedule that works for us. I know I can do that from 9 a.m. to about one o'clock every day. And and then Danielle picks up from there. And so we found what works for us. We found how to replenish, you know, later in the day for me, early in the day for her. And then on top of that, you know, we've had enough people coming to us, asking us for business advice and that, you know, we've had to be strong and say, Mm -hmm. you know, we actually can be hired for this service and Mm -hmm. you can work with us for it. but to piggyback on that, like, I think we're both very choosy about who we decide to work with. You know, we really yes. want to work with people who need us for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and learning to put those boundaries in place was hard. Yeah. But it's really 
brought the right people into our life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Does anyone else have something they want to add to that? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, keep going. Oh, sorry. I think we could talk about this all night long. And yeah, when everyone, we can, when we like, like a lot of people raise their hands, I think we genuinely want to be liked. Like, I grew up wanting to be popular and it never happened. Um, <laughs> I didn't make the trillion team either. <laughs> There's many other what stories. Popularity or really the tendency. <laughs> <laughs> But we we truly, like, genuinely, we want to be liked. We want somebody to invite us to the party, to invite us to the networking event, all of these things. And so I think we go above and beyond to the point of exhaustion to make those things happen. But boundaries are so important. And I like to say we're the CEO of our own life, and that is business, too. And we get to set the rules, just like Starbucks sets who they hire mm-hmm. and what the prices are. And if someone doesn't like it, it's it's actually okay. I always tell people, I'm always your friend. You don't have to work with me for me to like you. I think sometimes people are worried about that. It's like, it's, it's really okay. And so I think if you can just kind of call it what it is, it helps people just kind of like calm down or just even like as simple as like rescheduling an appointment. I think sometimes, yeah. like, have you ever gone to a meeting because you're like, I don't feel good, but I should really go because I don't want to cancel. But if you just said, hey, can we can we reschedule so I can be my best self? Nine times out of ten people are like, oh, for sure. That's totally cool. And if they, if they get weird about it, then they're not your people anyways. And I just want to say that this goes, I know everybody up here is a business owner. But for those of you that aren't business owners, I feel like this just goes along with life in general. And I was doing, um, I had a tarot event last night and I was reading tarot. And one of the girls, she's a teacher. And I, it was the same thing where you have to be able to say no and you have to be able to choose who you let in and who you don't let in. And that can be with family. That can be with, like, I know you can't say no to your children and be like, get out of here. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a mom yet, so I like can't, can't say, but apparently you can. Um, all the mom in here is like, they're attacking me. yourself. And I think you have to realize why you're important first. So why you matter enough to say no to the other people. And that can be probably one of the hardest things is why, why do I deserve to say no? Why do I deserve to create this boundary and not give my energy away to all these other people? Also on that note, I always make a running joke. Um, I'm always like, and some of my friends are over here, so they know. I'm like, if I just tell my friends no one more time, they're not going to be my friends anymore. Because, <laughs> like, you as, as a business owner, if you are one or you step into that life, like, you are constantly having to say no, and it's never easy. It doesn't get easier. Um, but exactly that. The people that love you and that matter the most in your life don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're like, we got you. You go. You do you. And so even with family, I just tell my mom no all the time. It's very, very hard. But... <laughs> You, a pivotal moment in my life before I started Lux and Lemons was knowing my worth, just like mm-hmm. you said, just taking a year of me and just focusing on me and trying to figure out who I am and what I want and that I matter and that it is okay to tell other people, I can't do that right now, but I still love you. I will be around eventually. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. really, really honing in on that piece of knowing your worth, knowing you deserve so much more than you credit yourself for um, and giving yourself time alone, like just self-care, journaling, go take that yoga class, go. I was telling Mel, I was like, girl, I splurge on this. You know what? Like, <laughs> go splurge on that necklace because you deserve yes. it. So it just starts with little things like that, you know, just knowing your worth, knowing that the people in your life that truly matter and that love you will still be there. Mm-hmm. Can I say something about seasons? Yes. Because I was talking to someone and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about they had an elementary child and they wanted to do a business, but it, like they were waiting for the time. And there's seasons to everything. You know, Michelle Obama said you can have it all, just not at the same time. I about killed myself trying to do it all, trying to be. You can't do it all at the same time. Okay? Seriously, there's seasons. There's ebbs and flows to life. And if you're in a certain season, own that season and know that it's going to change. But, you you know, because if you don't, you get frustrated. Even if it's a bad season. Exactly. And that's something that I noticed, too. Like, 
you can go through a bad season and it's okay. That doesn't mean that when you're looking at everybody else and they're having a good season, that that means anything less about you. But what I tell my my clients when I'm working with anxiety is what are you learning from that? And also you don't have to identify with your bad season. That is not you. Or like the anxiety moment you're having, that is not you. It's just something that you're dealing with at the moment. And this too shall pass. That's something I all, that phrase goes through my head too, all the time. This too shall pass. So I don't know if there's anything you guys want to talk about, like getting out of those or what, how you've learned to navigate those seasons. I think having a toolbox of things, I always like to give imagery because that's how I learn. But I picture a toolbox and literally putting things in it. And when I get anxiety, when I go through those really rough seasons in life, so I have my family in there, I have my dog in there, I have my favorite book in there, and I have my best friends in there. And those are my toolbox. That is my toolbox in order to navigate myself out of those bad, bad seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think preparing yourself in those really, really bad seasons of life is what helps you be healthy in all around, like your social life, your work life, your emotional health, your physical health, all of that encompassed into just one little toolbox that you have. I also think that the seasons get shorter. And that's something that I found in my own life. The first time you go through it, that's when you build your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that you can pull from it quicker and that they turn around faster. I feel like I'm ignoring you guys over here. Hi. How are you guys? <laughs> I'm like looking over. I'm, I'm going to ask you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like looking over on the back behind me. But yeah, do you guys have any other tips? Like what's your toolbox? I'm getting personal. Like I, <laughs> but what is Last, it? like three, two years ago, I went through, I experienced grief like very deeply. And so this year I was like, I'm going to go to therapy. Mm. Like I'm going to go do all these things that, I had to be in it for a little bit and then you can start to ask for help. So like when we first were asked talking about like, how do you just that, that idea of community, but you have to reach out. Like you have to send someone a text or call someone because you can just sit on your phone and think that, Oh my gosh, am I the only person experiencing this? Mm -hmm. But you're not. Yep. Yeah. I'm not really on the panel, but I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> you are on the panel. Well, I really like the toolbox. It's literally what I think in my head, and I tell women I work with, like, what are your go-to tools for things like this? This is not as deep of a story at all as Alice, but um, the other day I, I woke up to take a workout class, and I was so excited. I was actually making myself go. It was early, and I had a one-mile commute, and I got pulled over for speeding. And I got a ticket, and I was, like, hyperventilating crying. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't know what's happening. I, like, couldn't take as much as I kept trying to tell myself stop crying. I was crying harder. Like, to the point I couldn't go to the bar at three because my eyes were so red. I had to sit in the parking lot for, like, two minutes. But I always use, like, internal dialogue, and I, like, literally talk to myself like a therapist. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening right now? Why are you feeling this way? So, and then it was much easier. I realized there was a deeper underlying issue. Always. <laughs> but then I just stopped out of it and I had a good day. It was all before 8 a.m. and I didn't, <laughs> let it, didn't let it dictate my day in a negative way where I think those stupid things in life that just hit us unexpectedly, not as dumb as a parking ticket, but other things, they can downspiral your day, but it's just kind of like your mindset and creating that tool of how do you shift it is really helpful for me at least. Yeah. At um, Lux and Lemons, we have, like, a saying where we're always, like, problem, solution. What's the problem? What's the solution? Don't expend all this energy where you're just, like, okay, I have to, like, put the covers over my head and die in bed. Like, what's the problem? What's the solution? (laughs) Make the decision quickly. Fix it. Move on. Like, we sometimes beat ourselves up and focus and just expend so much energy and just focus on the problem. And we're, like, oh, man, like, I got a speeding ticket. Like, why did I— why was I speeding? Why was I running late? Like, but, but eventually you'll learn if I just focus on the solution, quickly make the decision of what I need to do and just take like massive action on fixing it, then it's over and it's done. I just want to add one thing to that. One quick thing. I was talking, it was on the podcast and somebody said, when you worry, like the first second of the worry is it's helpful because you can make a solution, but then you'll notice the more you start worrying, you you honestly just end up wasting time and it's not getting anywhere. So when I start the worry, I'm like, okay, what can I do about it? And then the more I keep going, I just have to remind myself, this actually isn't serving me. I'm just expelling and wasting my energy. Mm-hmm. And that usually kind of jolts me back. Well, I pray, so. I mean, I do other things, but and then that action, because I suffered from depression for a long time and just feeling stuck and going into that hole. But really, 
the community, pulling yourself out, doing something. I don't care. So I started Zumba. That was besides God and then Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kicked me out. You know, I, because, you know, when you're depressed, you need that. Your mind is like playing tricks on you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I pray. I mean, I, I, you know, I do a lot of stuff. But praying is the foundation. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can probably relate that, you know, we just think that the solution has to be like this big thing and it can be something so small, just like when you're in it, reaching out to offer to help someone else. I also find that gratitude works Mm -hmm. wonders for me. Like just Mm -hmm. stopping. Okay. I don't have the answer right now, but I can stop and just hug my baby right now Mm -hmm. and just be so thankful for all my blessings. Like we are so lucky. You know, if you can just take yourself out of it for a minute, a lot of times. Zoom out. Clarity can come with that a lot mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the last thing I'll add, because, I mean, amazing things. Um, I don't know how to add to Zumba. That's <laughs> 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 Zumba. Sorry. Um, but I think, yeah. <laughs> not being intentional with disconnecting. So not saying that we're shutting down, but um, I spend a lot of time on social media. Uh, does anyone have the screen time on there? Uh, yeah. I don't want to check. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to beat myself every single week, meaning I'm trying to do less, so I'm more intentional. But I've started to do No Phone Saturday, or I just tuck it in um, somewhere. Because if it's out, even if I don't hear a ding, I see it, and I'm like, yeah, I want to touch you. That sounds really bad. But but so No Phone Saturday, and I find, and sometimes it even goes into Sunday, and then by like the afternoon on Sunday, I'm just like, all right, I'm ready. And I feel like this like new woman and I'm like cleaning the whole house. And so I think even just kind of intentionally disconnecting, even though it's hard, even if you do it for an hour, it can be huge. Do you all have any mindfulness techniques? I, I feel like praying is definitely one, but anything else that helps you? Because it reminded me when I take a second to just meditate for five minutes, even close my eyes, take a breath. It's like the last thing I want to do. And then I do it. And it's almost like the reset of not seeing your phone. You just like amp up that much more energy. What has been helpful for you? So I tell my clients and I tell my social media and our retreat girls, the moment that you feel anxiety, step outside because the place that you're in is probably you're you're in uh, a room of four walls Mm -hmm. or four walls and a ceiling and a floor. Mm -hmm. And where can your thoughts go from there? Literally within Mm -hmm. those four walls, ceiling and floor. And when you can go outside, when you can breathe the fresh air and allow your thoughts to just go, breathe. And I don't know if you guys have heard of grounding or earthing, but I, I don't know the science behind it, but I do it because it really makes me feel appreciative of the very thing that keeps me alive, um, trees, nature, and just appreciating that I can literally step outside and, and breathe really just takes all of the BS away. So with earthing and grounding, if you've ever just like put your feet in the sand immediately or just like walked barefoot on the grass, I did that to a tree the other day. I closed my eyes and put my hand, it's so weird, but put my hands up to the tree and I just felt like immediately grounded. I don't know if any of you guys know my husband, some of you do, but we were in San Francisco and I looked over and he was doing the same thing. And he is not into the woo, okay, like at all. And I looked over and I was like, I've won. You're doing, and then, and then, of course, because I'm crazy, I was like, I received a message from the tree. Did you? And oh he was like, God. no. <laughs> I was like, at least we've got some earthing going on. So it's a great one. Try it. Highly recommend. I think also, like, stop thinking and start listening a little more. Like this morning, I just it's been a very stressful week for me, and I took my dog out this morning, and I knew I had a real big day ahead of me, and we went outside, and I live near like a lake, and. I started, we started walking around the corner of the building I live in. And there are two, a mom and dad geese with three babies. And they were all like, they saw us, of course, and started walking faster. But they like started like walking down towards the lake. And it was just something about like being outside, being in nature, seeing this lake, seeing these little like ducklings, like walk down to the water and just appreciating that. Like it's such a gratitude practice. Like there's so much more to life than this, whatever this is that's going on right now. But you got to like, get out of your walls a little bit 100%. sometimes to even see that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
So one of the things that I just, and I'm not a nature person. I'm growing to be a nature person, but I'm not really a nature person. And so my husband and I went to the Smoky Mountains for our anniversary. And so we're out there on this deck and I was overlooking this mountain. It's very pretty. I had this like classical music going, like meditating. And I heard this voice that said, turn it off and just mm. sit still. And just, the, and then you like hear like everything that's going on around you that you didn't know. And so I did this exercise with my middle school girls. We have this group and they were like, what? Let's pink she wanted. And I'm like, just let's sit still. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, but that's what we don't do. Like yeah. just sit still. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I also want to add that when you're outside, if you choose to go outside, something that I do is try to count all of the different sounds that you hear. I know that's a, a therapy tactic. Yeah. I actually learned that from therapy. Yeah. But that really helps me not think about anything else other than just being in the moment. And also finding colors. Mm-hmm. So that's a trick that I've done. If I'm in a moment of anxiety, I'm like, how much green can I find? Mm-hmm. You know, and same thing, like, or sounds. Super helpful just to bring you, because meditation can be hard. So having something like focusing on your body or focusing on a sound or a sight. Mm-hmm. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit. I was looking at right like there. I know. Yeah. I just you want to do a Liz breath. No, kind of. I just want to make sure I'm not, if you have a question. Because um, I, I want to talk about body image for a second. I know that this is definitely your bag and, and the work that you do. But I feel like all of us can relate to it. And it has a lot to do with empowerment. Is how we view our body and how we compare our body to every other woman out there. So if you guys wouldn't mind touching on that a little bit. And how you've navigated the world of body image. So I want you guys to think about, and the listeners on this podcast too, what ads, like literally ads, TV ads, magazines, what did you grow up watching and listening to? Tiny people being glamorized. Um, Nothing wrong with being tiny, but that's the only body type that has been glamorized. And I think now, especially with social media, and uh, for those of you who have kids who are on social media, they're seeing Instagram models, they're seeing flawless skin, but not really flawless skin. They're seeing Photoshopped skin, they're seeing hair that's Photoshopped. You're just talking about that. And to really just take a second and understand that. And first, I tell everybody this unfollow everybody that makes you feel like crap about yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need that in your life. And um, there's actually this cool little tool on Instagram that you can mute people. I mute some of even my friends that really just, yeah, they, in that season of life, in that low point in my life, like, I just can't look at that. You can do it on Facebook, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And to just ask yourself what's draining my energy through what you are seeing every single day, whether it be ads, whether it be through your friends, whether it be, you know, whatever you're doing in life, um, to know that it takes not only understanding that you've basically been brainwashed your entire life, but also know that your body is completely normal the way that it is, whether it, it doesn't matter where you come from, what, what size you are, what shape you are, what color you are, what sexuality you are. It doesn't matter. You are you, and that's your superpower. And when you own that, and then the conversation that we were having earlier, surrounding yourself with people that empower you every single day makes you feel more confident in your body. I love that. That's like a feel like snaps for that answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys didn't have to, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I grew up with, I went to a school with all Irish Catholics, which they were very nice. I'm still friends <laughs> with a lot of them. Um, my dad's Filipino, so for me, body image was this thing where people were like, like, I just wanted to be blonde, basically. Like, I was like, oh, I want to look like my Barbie, or I want to look like my baby doll. So now as a photographer, I feel like I can take pictures of women and show them, like, you're beautiful today. You were probably beautiful last year then, and the year before, year before that. I just didn't know you then. <laughs> and pull out, talk to them about, like, in a, in a photo, what do you— not usually like about yourself because it's mm. not that's normal. I was gonna say, I feel like you probably have a totally different lens, not to be whatever honest, no but <laughs> no pun intended. But yeah. you are, I mean, how many of you take a picture and the first thing you do is you find the one thing that you don't like about yeah. the picture? Yeah. And so, how do you navigate that just being behind the camera? I mean, for a while it was hard. I started taking pictures of food because, um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't talk about <laughs> <laughs> food doesn't have the insecurities that we do. So, for a few years, 
years I stopped taking pictures of people because it was starting to like get to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, everybody like hates themselves. Like this mm. is depressing. And but in, I think it like took two years for me to kind of take it on as a challenge, like kind of in a cocky way. I was like, I'm going to make people like pictures of themselves. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to take their photo and I want them to share it on Facebook or I want to, them to share it like with their friends or get it printed. And so it wasn't downplaying their insecurities. It was just saying like, well, what do you like about yourself? Let's like highlight that like yeah. through technical skill. So I had a one woman that I know, she's like, I always feel like when people take my pictures, like my face looks really flat, but I love my cheekbones. So it was just about like lighting. Like you look different in different light and mm-hmm. um, people Photoshop themselves and they use Facetune. So if people can get a photo of themselves where that's like actually what they look like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I would highly encourage you, not just with me, get your photo taken by someone that you trust. Talk about what you love about yourself. Show them a picture of a photo that you love of yourself. Usually it's a selfie, which means they should get a little bit higher. <laughs> and that is why I am She's not a wedding photographer anymore because I'm like five feet tall. And nobody wants that. Well, I love taking pictures, so you can take a picture. Okay, okay. Take we a talked picture. about that. Yeah. But there was a there's a journey. There was this was always not so. I didn't always wear pink lipstick and rhinestones. You'll find me that all the time. You guys are so related in that. You have like I know. Pants. I saw her pants, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, already on her Right. So I grew up with in all white schools all my life. So I was always, you know, my body wasn't like everyone else's. Your skin isn't like everyone else. Then when I went to my Baptist church, you didn't talk like people here. So it was always this kind of struggle. But my mother, very strong woman, always put me in different experiences, mostly dance, leadership, things that built my confidence and then helped me really to like appreciate who I am and the Outside journey. Outside of the exterior. Outside of it. Yes. Now you, I mean, I love myself. I love everything about me. And one of my mentors, and it was the, it sounds silly, but when you do it and you just touch, like, I love my skin. I love, mm-hmm. you know, just talk to yourself and talk to your body. And my hairdresser said, make your hair do what you want it to do. Talk to it and tell it, to, you know, but it really is like talk to your body and yeah. love your body. Mm-hmm. So we have love notes back there if you want to stop by. So I'm just <laughs> write yourself a love note. Perfect. I also want to add that if you haven't caught on, Everybody has talked about their previous experiences that don't deal with their body. Mm-hmm. And for women especially, that is the first thing that we try to control our body and the food that we eat mm-hmm. because we are loving, we are nurturing. Like we and and on top of that, I'm as a woman, we want to feel in control of our own body. And so at the end of the day, yeah, we've been looking at all of these marketing tools, looking at all of the same body our whole entire life. So naturally, that's what our mind goes to first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to piggyback off of that a little bit too and just reiterate kind of what you said. It's usually not about the body mm-hmm. or the food. And so if you notice that's happening, there's something deeper that's really bothering you, but that's the thing you think you can fix right away. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can cut my calories or I can change this about me. But if you take a moment to realize that's your first trigger and you can dig a little bit deeper, you usually find what's underlying. Mm -hmm. For me, it was all about um, changing the story of selling myself. You know, I always thought I had to be smaller, all the typical things we all think, let's be honest. And then I realized I really wanted to feel powerful. So I decided I didn't need to do like all the high intensity workouts that I thought I needed to do. And I started weightlifting and I felt really, really powerful. And then I had babies. (laughs) And for anybody out there who has carried a child and birthed a child, you appreciate your body in such a way. I could cry talking about this because what this body has done for me, like I will never be mad at it again, (laughs) ever. And I just... I think it's a process. I think it's unfortunate that it took me almost 40 years to go to the pool this past weekend and just not care. Yeah. Like, just not care. Because I'm chasing around after two healthy children that this body, this powerful body, produced. Again, I'm grateful. And I think it's our job then to tell our children and to tell, and not even our children, but like the younger generation, if you, whoever you encounter, it's like, we need to share this with them. So it doesn't take them 40 years to figure it out. And it starts with us. Yeah. And also you should absolutely have Allie take your picture. She gave me a JLo glow that I love it. Yeah. Oh boy. 
I feel like I could talk about this topic a lot too. Um, okay, let's see. A few things. First, I think we're all handling our shit every single day. It's a constant, like, have you ever seen the entrepreneur roller coaster <laughs> graph? I think yes. body image is like, I feel sexy. Oh my gosh, I have acne. Like all in one day, like all the ups and downs. But I think, I think our body and our mind are sending us messages every single day. And it's up to us to understand what those messages are saying, dig deeper into them. But I think it's a lifelong challenge and, but it's also. It is. It really is. Like you're not going to figure it out. No. And then it's going to be like, boom, good forever. Yeah. We always. out every single day. It's not. Yes. Figuring it out for your whole entire life. Yeah. It really is. And I think you're about to make me cry too, Mm because it's just like, it's so huge because I think postpartum is not talked about enough. And I was the, I was one of those girls where I'm like, the baby one's going to come up so easy. And no, no. It's a whole it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's so hard. And I think, you know, I think the more we can just immerse ourselves in good environments like this or um, pool with your friends, like just every environment we're in with good people, it helps so much because that energy is around us. Mm-hmm. Rather than if you're, at a party or a bar that's not good energy or people, other women that are just talking how much they hate their bodies, that's going to start getting into your brain. So it's, it it really, everything's all connected. And I think that going back to the community conversation, it directly positively or negatively (laughs) impacts your body image. And that's why we have the unfollow thing too. That we learned about. Highly recommend. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about the food part of this. I, I suffered with, an emotional roller coaster of weight loss. I always thought I was overweight my whole life. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but like the Friends era, like Rachel and Monica, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what I thought it was supposed to look like. And I'm Greek and I've got a big butt and it's not going. Uh, <laughs> so the Kardashians came along and made that cool. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, but like they're also like really tiny here. So just like what you said, you have to be really cognizant of what you're looking at because it's not real. <laughs> What changed everything for me is knowing your worth, but also feeding your body what you're worthy of feeding your body. Enjoy that freaking Donato's pizza. 100% eat it. Pizza Hut, I love Pizza Hut. But also feed your body with nutrients. Love your body. Like know what's in your meal. Like this at Lux One, this is the whole premise of it. Know what's in your food. You know, we eat so many chemicals, so many so many artificial things, food-like substances that are illegal in every other country but our own. Mm-hmm. And just know, just for me, going on this personal journey of knowing my worth and knowing that, hey, you can make delicious food that is healthy, that nourishes you, that helps with anxiety, helps with depression, helps with chronic illness. And it can be the pizza and it can be the burger and it shouldn't be like, oh, it has to be low-carb because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I got to stay skinny here even though this isn't going anywhere. So just having balance in your life and your diet and knowing that what you see on Instagram, what you see on TV, what you see in magazines, when anybody reads those anymore, like, it's not real. A lot yeah. of it is, like, how do you want to feel as opposed to how do you want to look? And if you go back to that, it's like, how, do, how does this make me feel? How does this food make me feel mentally and physically? And if you want to choose to eat whatever you choose to eat, how is it making you feel? And how are you showing up? Whether it's body image, food, or any of it. I actually would love to take some time right now to bring you all into the equation. Um, And if you will have any questions for any of the panelists up here, please like just raise your hand, feel free to ask. It can be about anything that you would like. yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to, you are on the podcast. So if you want to share your name, go for it. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah, go ahead and stand. I'm Nicole. And my big question, like you, teaching for 25 years yeah. and made the big transition to owning my own publishing company last year. My problem is everyone that comes to me, they have a story, but then I have to develop that story. And I don't know how to price them correctly. So I usually take the loss myself. Mm. And so I need to get out of that because, I mean, my husband, you know, he helps me. He's like, look, they're going to sell that book for X amount you know, of dollars. And here you've given your product away for free because you don't want to say, okay, I need you to pay me. Mm. So what happens when you're in a quandary where you're helping someone 
seriously, but you don't know how to price your product. I think for me, I had to figure out if I kept getting, if I kept taking a loss, I couldn't help anybody else. Like I'd have to go back to my job. Um, the actual amount, I would say, I think it's getting a sense of the kind of people that you're attracting, like how much money do they have? Like what, how do they value your services and really start that conversation instead of making it feel like you have to figure that all, all like on an island. So you're working with someone after maybe you've taken a loss, asking them, like, how much do you think that was worth? Like after they started to sell their book or starting to get it published. But I constantly go back to like, if I kept giving my services away for free, then the next person in line just like wouldn't have access to what I'm helping them with because I'd have to do something else. I think there's a number. We could talk about this for hours. But um, I would recommend you to just start by listening or reading You're a Badass and Make You Money. Start there. Also, I think it comes down to the energy you want to surround yourself with. Are these people you genuinely want to help? Maybe you take one or two pro bono a year and the rest has to be paid. But niching down to the people who can afford you and can pay you what you're worth is okay. Those people are out there and you're not able to take them because you're serving all these other people who can't. Mm -hmm. So that scarcity mindset, which will make more sense when you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. I will say I deal with this a lot with catering because it's different every time. And I always want to underprice because I feel bad, right? I'm like, but knowing what your competitors are charging like I'll even look at Chipotle and I'm like Chipotle is charging more than us like (laughs) they're not getting Chipotle at all so knowing what your competitors price and knowing if you're if you're offering a service that is the same as what they're offering if not better you should be at least charging that much if not more so I think that's a, a really nice guidebook just to know what your competitors are charging too I'll add to that. Um, Market research is my favorite. So it's the most comfortable way to ask your ideal person, asking them like, hey, this is what I'd be offering. And then ask them questions of, would you want to work with me? How much would you pay? What would you want that to look like? Would you want it to be a year contract, six months? And then you can invite them to be a client of yours, if that makes sense. So you're getting very valuable research from them. And that way you know, okay, what are the synergies if you ask, let's say, five people and you can really start circling what's lining up and what's not lining up, but making sure that they're, they're your ideal person first. So what you shared is really critical because if you're just kind of like asking Facebook, for example, you're going to get a whole mm-hmm. lot of I've made answers. that mistake. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. But really your ideal person, and even if they don't, join you or want to work with you, it's okay because you still got that valuable research to be able to talk to people like them and know that you're priced competitively, but also what you're worth too. And really it does. And it all come down to knowing what you're worth and what you bring to the table. Uh, for me, when I raise the prices of events, people are like, it's too low. It's the perceived value of it's not that good. Mm-hmm. When I raise the prices, I'm like, oh, we're selling out. So it really is know what you bring to the table, what you're it, bring it to the table with confidence because everyone is not your customer. And you don't, because the person that you, it's always a person like, oh God, I wish I had never. And those are the people that drain you. Yes. And, you know, it's, so it's not worth it. And when you're starting out, you're just like everybody, money, money, money. It's not, all money is not good money. That's a good point. I also want to add that um, money is an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I felt this before and I'm sure you guys have felt this before being entrepreneurs, but when you put that number out there and you're really scared to do it and they accept, you feel so excited and empowered to do the work for them. That means you're going to bring your A-game to them and they're going to love your product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would be my only thing. Yeah. She has a question. Yeah. So I just want to share two things. The first thing is I'm to a pretty professional conference in Cincinnati this weekend. And the one thing that I walked away from is, is anybody familiar with the superwoman syndrome? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a real thing? Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> what we do by nature, right? So they were like, it's okay to take your cape off. Take, take all that off. Matter of fact, put it in your closet and go on about your day. So that's easier said than done. I know most times. So now that I've been back from that conference, I'm like, I'm not pushing myself to the brink, to the limit, to the point where I'm breaking down anymore. 
and it's okay for me to say, you know what, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So that that was something that I had to learn. So another thing is I want to share is like knowing who's in your tribe, um, who's in your corner. So I'm going to tell you, last year um, we had a workshop and I do taxes, accounting, payroll, all that, right? So I thought everybody was my customer. No, it was like, no, it's not. I'm like, we all got to pay taxes. Like, small businesses need help where they can't get the big three because they're too expensive. Well, this year, um, it came true. And it took me two weeks to get over myself. I had a client. She was out of town. She was in Maryland because I could be remote. This is the type of client that was trying to dictate to me what she wanted. Oh, and by the way, we want to file by February 25th. Okay, so why are we at April 13th right now? I don't have all the stuff. You didn't tell me you took money out of your retirement, which you should never, ever, ever do. And then you were paying it back, and then all of a sudden happened, you stopped paying it. No wonder you have an $11,000 game. Ah, you got to pay taxes on it. So after that, I was like, what did I do wrong? Could I have done more? And just hearing knowing in my head, like, you know what? I'm okay with that now. So when she got fired, I fired her for the first time. <laughs> um, I picked up three more clients, and I was fired. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid. Everybody is truly not your customer. Mm -hmm. And if they're not for you, they should be. They should not be in your view mm -hmm. at all. Or like not everybody is needs to be your friend too. It's like it's like both, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like customer or friend or right. relationship. Relationship. relationship in general. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone else have questions? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead, Stan. So just to give you this is kind of going off this amazing conversation we had about community and to give you a sense of who I am, I'm bringing you to Columbus. Um, welcome to the coolest city. <laughs> But I think the biggest challenge with me is finding a sense of community. I moved here from New York City where I didn't know a ton of people. So I was kind of not desperate for friends, but somebody gave me the time of day. And I was a, a friend. Like, it's a city of 8 million people, but you don't know who you're sitting next to on the subway. So when somebody gave me attention, I was so excited. But I, I ended up with this really negative and toxic mm. group of people surrounding myself with. So moving here, I'm so excited and I have a great job and I'm living and there's such amazing and empowering people. But I feel like I have my guard up, you know, because I have mm. this uh, PTSD, so to speak, <laughs> negative energy. And mm -hmm. I'm so excited to meet new people. But how did you find your tribe? How did you gather your sense of community? And, you know, whether it's gaining one new tribe member or 50, how did you kind of go about that? I'll say I used to live in L.A. and I, I'm from Columbus and I moved back. So I understand that feeling yeah. of that everyone here is going to be like it was in a big city yeah. like that. Totally not true at all. <laughs> um, not to like plug Rachel, but... Um, Joining the beauty boost is truly... And I did yesterday. If, so. if, I, um, if I hadn't joined the beauty boost, I would have never started Lux and Lemons. I, it gave me this platform to meet like-minded women that wanted more with their lives. When I moved back here, I was working in restaurants, and there's a certain culture in restaurants, and it's a lot of going out and drinking and that kind of a thing. Um, and just surrounding myself with women in the beauty boost. Haven Collective is a great community too. Going to yoga retreats? That's going, I Yes, I went Josie Schweitzer. She owns the space yoga studio. I went to her yoga retreat. Met That's where we Literally, met. we you all instantly were best friends. We were crying the entire weekend. Yeah, I we don't know what was wrong with us. But like everybody there, everybody that left that yoga retreat started something. Like started yes. a new adventure or quit a job or got out of a relationship. And it's because like you bring a community of women together. It was what? Eight of us? Yeah, small, big or small, beauty yeah. boost big or like yoga retreat small. It doesn't matter. It's like getting together with a community of women and you just find it. Like start with the beauty boost and then you'll meet someone in the beauty boost that's going to tell you about something else. And then you'll go to Josie Switcher's ne next yoga retreat. And then, you know, and all of a sudden you just start branching out. I I'll go with you to Josie's class. But I'm telling you, you are in the best city you could be for mm -hmm. like-minded yes. women yes. like that. I feel her already tonight. I joined the beauty boost and I wasn't really sure what I was getting to. I'm like, gosh, I'm kind of an oldie moldie for all these young guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Across the board, everybody has stuff. We're all women. We experience different things and we handle things. The younger people have different perspectives. And it was so refreshing. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go on this retreat with a bunch of you. 28 people that I don't know. I think there were seven Jenners. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> and who was the guest? Um, 
a speaker at the retreat, Nellie. We talked an hour about joy. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to talk about joy for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we just talked about joy for an hour. Wow. Life isn't so complicated. You can just stop and take a breath. And for an entire weekend, just being surrounded by positive energy, different energy comes back up again. Oh, I'm going to I'm an ambassador. Um, but don't, don't look at things that. Uh, that um, what the activity is or what the age range is because we have, Nellie says this all the time, we have so much more in common and you may live in New Albany or Hilliard or, or wherever, but when you come together, we're going to find things that we have in common mm-hmm. and raise each other up. When you're around a community of people that is looking for better, to be the best yoga person, to be the best accounting person, to be the best of whatever it is that you can be, you raise each other up, and your cup is always half full or more. So that's what I really like about all these ladies. And Lux and Lemons is pretty tasty, too. <laughs> I actually moved here from working in New York oh, 10 years ago, mm. and um, it was the best choice I ever made. And I was not fortunate enough to have the beauty booths or the diva movement or co-working spaces. You know, none of that existed. So I just tried to do something simple and I joined a small gym like a small gym and I thought well I've never done kickboxing before let me try that and from there I met a few people who introduced me to a few more so just I think this is I know you have PTSD but this is not (laughs) people here really like people will look you in the eye and really take you in if you're brave enough to tell them your story and tell them what you're looking for yeah I think it's asking yourself I mean you're in a great position now you're in a new spot and you can literally sit there and ask yourself what do I want to do where do I want to be what people do I want to be surrounded by and just like you did you wanted to try kickboxing and from there she made friends that loved kickboxing and then it kind of grew into meeting so many different new people and um, I think retreats are one of the best places that you could ever go to because especially I'm a retreat owner and the I hosted my first ever retreat uh, last year and seeing all of the women, we had 20 women and it just sold out within 72 hours for our next one in July. And we're all there for the same reason, to feel empowered by each other, to speak our truth because change happens one conversation at a time and to own your body wherever it's at and to meet everybody else where they are at in life. You just find a sense of home in your truth and then other people do and they, you guys feed off of each other. And I think that's really important. I think for me, it was like always asking like not deep questions. Like I won't just be like, so what are your like traumas? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but, like, but how many of us up here like, like to go right there? <laughs> but I think being, um, being okay with not small talk, like yeah. talking about things that are real. Yeah. I also really respect the women in my life who have been like, can I get your number? Like, let's get lunch. And it's taught me to do the same thing instead of, like hoping that you'll see each other. It's kind of like dating. You're like, I should just say something if I want to. Mm -hmm. But I also went to a ton of stuff. So I like volunteered, designed for free, took photos. All those women that I met when I first moved here a decade ago, like I'm not friends with them anymore, but we're still friendly. I still see them. They're like walking their kids down the street, but we all evolve. And I think if I, if I went back in time, I would still have met all those people. You know, it's like not wasted so and there's great events here that the wonder gm puts on i mean i go for the content it's just amazing but i also go to see like what kind of people are going to be there (laughs) going back to like surrounding yourself the right people so and i would just encourage you being from new york and moving to columbus i'm a lifer not a lifer let me not say that um i've been here all my life okay (laughs) but columbus is changing but it's easy for you to just stick with the people who you know so i would really encourage you to explore explore okay there are tons of women's organizations of women's events volunteering is an excellent way Mm -hmm. vicky from dress for success i volunteered with them first and she encouraged me to go out and start the diva movement so all kinds of connections and i don't like to say like at the diva movement we're networking i hate networking i want to build relationships i want to you know so just try different things 
go to the place, you know, just explore. Columbus has a lot to explore. I was going to say, we have time for one more question. Yeah, and then after that, that, people can come up and, like, organically chat with the piano. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you guys deal with imposter syndrome when you started? Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, I feel like we could have addressed that for a long time up here. Should have started Imposter with that syndrome. <laughs> I actually didn't even know what that was until I'm um, still a little confused about it. It's like when you compare yourself to others. It feels like you're a fraud. So if you know Autumn Theodore, she talked about that a few years ago and she shared, we were on a panel together. She's like, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome. I had to Google it because I was like, I don't even know what that is. I was like, oh, okay, that's what that has been. Um, But I think we all face it. And that's why I think I'm really passionate about talking about doing it scared because you're never mm-hmm. going to be ready. You are n- next year is not going to be different than right now. Like you're not going, it, nothing's going to change until you change. And so I think just literally telling people like whatever business it is, or if you want to go to a gym or anything, just like calling it out and saying like, I'm scared to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. It just kind of like helps calm your nerves a little bit. And anytime we do something that we're excited about, even when we're fearful, we always come out stronger on the other end. We're, we never were like, oh, I wish I would have not done that. Like, we really enjoy doing it. So I think it's the more you do it, the more you want to keep doing it. But basically, it's when you feel like you're not qualified to do whatever it is. Or as good as somebody else. Somebody else. Yeah. Doing the same thing. Which tends to then make you price yourself lower and retreat and retreat (laughs) yeah and you have to break it down into teeny tiny baby steps and stay in your lane because if you don't stay in your lane you're not going to have an authentic brand you're what you're going to bring to that brand is different from what anybody else can bring to that brand and that is why people are going to like it better than whoever it is you're looking over into you know if it's company a company b you have to just be scared and be authentically you and literally just put your head down Pull from your heart. What You know what it is that you want to do and just do it and just keep doing it. And if it means you have to work 80 hours a week, then you have to work 80 hours a week, but you just keep doing it and the money will come. It will come. And remember that you literally can only do, you were put on this earth to do only what you can do. And that's something that I had to remind myself and I had to unfollow people because I would go down the road of holistic health coaches because how many people are doing this now? And I'm like, this person has that many followers and this person has that many clients and oh my gosh, their program costs this much. And I had to stop because it was just making me retreat and not want to put myself out there. And then I had to get clear about what's my story. It's not like anybody else's story. And my energy is a very different energy. And I'm going to relate to other women that other people, you know, they don't bring that to the table. So stay in your lane. Don't go down the rabbit hole of comparing to other people and really get clear, like list out everything you rock at and then really realize that that's what you're bringing to the table. But also know you belong in the room at the table. I remember the first time they invited me to Facebook and I literally sat there like security is going to come in here and pull me out any minute because I'm like, do I, why am I here? Like, I'm confused. Like, and so the first thing they said when they came in, you belong here. This is exactly, we wanted you at the table. I'm like, oh, okay. But you belong in any room you want to be in and at any table you want to sit at. And I would say not in, like, stay in your lane is good, but there's times where I've had to, like, collaborate with people who are in my industry with me and become friends with them in real life. Not care about what they're posting online, but actually collaborate on projects with, like, other Mm. photographers, with Autumn. And people will think that we're competitors, but we're like, no, we know how we're different, and we know why I would recommend that person over me. So I think, like, defining your own lane, but then also get out of it if you want sometimes. And the people that you collaborate with, because I'm friends with so many coaches, you build each other up. So you know, you offer, and you have differences. Yeah. So, yeah, that's such a good point. I would just add to that. Just remind yourself, if you think everyone has it figured out, they don't. don't. Yeah, (laughs) they don't. It's probably the only difference is that they're willing to fail. Yeah. Yeah, To live through the fear. (laughs) Cool. Guys, that... I, that's really it. I feel like this was a wonderful conversation. Thank you guys so much for coming.